0: Good day, good evening, good people wherever you are in the world. Hope all is well. Hope life is treating you well. And uh this particular topic is about meat, M E A T. And that controversial topic that is so prevalent in today's society throughout the glo- throughout the world, you know. Uh you know, you have of course the vegan community uh throughout the world and you also have Carnivores throughout the world, and uh it's almost taken on the like the shape of like Democrats versus Republicans or Christians versus Muslims or you know um golly i mean it's gotten pretty heated, you know what I mean, and I don't mean to say that to make light of those arenas, you know the religious arena or the political arena or you know there's other things you could use uh, to make a uh, a conversation out of around that as well in terms of one versus the other, black versus white. I mean, you name it. I mean, it's like it can be a pretty intense subject for people. And I am not vegan. Uh, for a long time, I was actually in the space or in the conversation of veganism, although I've never really identified with any label that people would like to lay on me or like to lay on, you know, uh, People in society, they want to lay a put a label on you so they can put you in a box. You know, it's like, oh, OK, he's this or she's that. And so that means they are going to be this way or that way. I'm like, no, you can't box me. I'm unboxable. You know, one of my favorite quotes from uh, my man, Jacques Fresco. Uh, I presume he's still alive. He was like 90 something years of age when they did this one documentary. And he's a part of this thing called the Venus Project. And um, one is the thing he said was, he said, it's, uh, it's not that I'm trying to get you to think outside the box. I'm attempting to get you un- to, and I'm paraphrasing. I'm attempting to get you to understand that there is no box. It's just what you create, you know. So whether it's you or me or whomever it's just what we choose to create. So the key is to choose powerfully. Right. Um, and so when it comes to meat, you know, at times I have to admit, sometimes I still feel a bit conflicted. Because of all of the things I've read about meat and different things that are in the mainstream. Well, not so much the mainstream, because most of the stuff in the mainstream is just straight propaganda meant to confuse you even further. But from the various documentaries I've seen, uh, you know, and I'm pretty sure I'm a type A blood type. And one of the things it recommends for this book called Eat Right for Your Type, if you have not picked up that book, check it out. It's good. Good reading. Um, even though I don't agree with everything, it's good to know. And one of the things they talk about is that people that are type A, which I believe is what my blood type is, is that we are better served to be vegetarians because we don't have enough inherent hydrochloric acid, which is, you know, in the stomach area to break down very acidic foods, which is typically what meat is more acid for me. And, um, So that was one thing that I got that just kind of had me on the fence of like wondering, you know, wow, do I want to continue to eat meat? And then when you look at, you know, what's typically happening and this is for a lot of the the farm factory farms, which is definitely not the meat you want to eat in terms of the impact that it has on the environment, in terms of like greenhouse gas emissions and the runoff from all the waste that the cows produce and then they're feeding them the genetically modified corn and pumping them up with hormones and steroids just to keep up with the demand for meat. It's insane. And um, so, you know, from a commercial standpoint, you won't find me at a Burger King or McDonald's. I guarantee you that. And if I'm in there, it's just to use the bathroom and that's about it. Or do a food delivery like I had to do for Postmates one time at uh, Popeye's Chicken, of all places, and the lady, when I walked in there, she said, welcome back. I was so confronted. I I mean, I was like, I was like looking around me like, am I on candid camera or something? Is somebody trying to out me? (laughs) Because I was like, I don't eat here. You know, I'm here to pick up food for Postmates. But um, the bottom line is, when you're talking about that type of meat that's in these big commercial farms, That's some of the worst stuff. Because like they say, you literally take on the spirit of the animal that you eat. So if that animal was tortured, because it's all energy. And that's one of my favorite quotes, too, from Einstein, where he said, I'm paraphrasing again, but he said everything is like if you raise your vibration to a certain frequency, you cannot help but get that as your reality. So it's like if I continue to elevate my vibration, I'll continue to have more of that as my occurring world whatever it is and um, a lot of times people are have just been dumbed down so people just settle for whatever they can get and when you're talking about the commercial meat industry and you look at what goes on in that industry if you really take an honest hard look at it it'll have you seriously saying well I won't eat meat again it really will when you look at how most hot dogs are produced There's a video that's out there that shows you how hot dogs are produced. There's nothing appetizing about that product to me at all. I haven't eaten a hot dog in over probably 15 years. And that was well before I saw that video. I just, you know, once I started on this path, you know, you start to learn things. And you're like, wow, you know, I don't want to do that anymore. And um, so it's a personal choice. And like even when it comes to fish, you know, a lot of the fish is farmed nowadays. So you know, they're pumping that up with hormones and antibiotics, you know, and it's not the fish in their most, most natural, you know, habitat. That's not habitat. I don't think that's the word I'm looking for, but it's not natural. And, uh, so that I try to avoid too. So that said, you know, and, um, I think the one of the documentaries I saw that kind of shed a lot of light on that was called Forks Over Knives. If you're interested, check that out. That's a pretty good doc. And um, and also uh, Fast Food Nation. It's actually more of a feature film than it is a documentary, but very insightful about the human toll that it takes on people. When you're talking about the pressure that a lot of these people are under at these food manufacturing plants to keep up with the demand It's insane. And how a lot of times they use undocumented people in those facilities and actually essentially threaten them. Like if you go to report us, then we'll just have you deported back to wherever you came from, Mexico, wherever it might be. And then you have them working in these unsafe and unsanitary conditions and uh, people risking life and limb just so that they can, you know, somehow have a roof over their head and not have to go back to a country that's like incredibly oppressive and uh, it's just, it's out of control. So my take on that, when you're talking about meat, if at all possible, try to buy it from a local butcher and uh, that you have gained some type of rapport with that you trust, that you respect. And um, I went to a local farmer's market here in Georgia and there was a, a family that was there that, you know, they're, they have cows and they slaughter them and, you know, they sell the meat. And they gave you the price on what this part of the meat would be and, you know, so on and so forth. And uh, and also, you know, you have people that are uh, of the mindset of, you know, if they buy meat, it has to be halal, H-A-L-A-L, or kosher, which is slaughtered more humanely, if that's possible, uh, with a more, I guess, spiritual component to it uh, to somehow make the process uh, not as bad and um so i guess you know that's a you know you can take that however you want to take it Uh, i always remember when i used to work at a local tv station we were at a commercial break and one of the anchors was talking to well i know i was talking to one of my co-workers about meat at the time because that was when i was really just discovering a lot of this and he mentioned that like with lobster as an example when a lobster knows his life is in danger, it releases acid into the meat. Essentially, you could probably say that's like their version of uh, fight or flight, right? And they release that acid into the meat. And as he said, and I think maybe the person that was at the restaurant maybe communicated this to him, I'm not sure. But he said that that you don't want the meat at that point. Because again, everything is energy and we're all connected. So you're taking on the spirit of that animal that was in fear for his life right before it got killed. And um, there's this other show that's on PBS, uh, Create TV. I haven't seen it in a while. I actually come to think about it. called A Chef's Life. And uh, she's a classically trained chef, moves from New York back to North Carolina. And um, one of the episodes is where she goes to a farm where the chickens are free-range chickens. And they eat grass, you know. They don't eat anything that's like genetically modified. They don't, they don't you know, pump them up with steroids or hormones or anything like that. And so fast forward, the uh, farmer takes one of the chickens that she's going to use to prepare the meat for her restaurant that night. And he grabs the chicken by the neck, I believe. And then the chicken starts flailing. Right. And then he takes the chicken. And if you got a sensitive stomach, you might want to skip this part. Although I think I just shared something that was kind of graphic before about cutting up a cow. Anyway, it was like he took the chicken by the neck, turned the chicken upside down, put the chicken in this thing where only his neck was exposed and then took a knife and just cut his head off and it just bled him out. And But the chicken the whole time knew it was about to die and the chicken was in fear for his life. And I just find myself thinking once again, like, wow, okay, now that's a chicken that was raised humanely, you know, with the best food that it could possibly consume and healthy, all that kind of stuff. But right before the end of its life, it knew it was in danger of, it knew it was about to die. And once again, you can make the argument that that animal released that fear component into the meat. So then you, the person consuming that meat, take on that spirit of fear into your way, into your cells. And that's a part of where I've heard a lot of conversations from vegans and, and things like that go, is that, you know, cells have memory. And when you take on that level or type of nutrition from an animal that was tortured, maybe not extremely tortured, but it was in fear for his life right before it got killed that you take on the spirit of that animal into the cells of who you who you are. So, you know, again, personal choice in terms of how you choose to take that and whether you want to do your own study and research. Um, however, the one thing I will say, if you do eat meat, I think that's probably the better way to eat it even though it wasn't um, you know, like holistic and whatever You know, songs playing in the background or whatever. It was raised as humanely as possible, and right before the end of his life, yeah, it was in fear. And so you can maybe say that's why you don't eat meat. And I get that too. It's like even when you go fishing, the traditional fish hook, which does seem a bit gory, when you pull the fish out of the water that way and it's flailing, it doesn't want you hooking him he wants to go back in the water and swim his natural life now he still may get eaten by a shark later on that day you know so that's that's just how that shows up um but there's also a way that they catch fish. is called pole and troll caught which i think is more like the indigenous way like you just have a stick that has a spear on it or something i could be wrong about the pole and troll aspect of it but essentially you take the stick with the spear on it And you throw it down into the water where you see a fish, you pull it up and, you know, he's already yours. So a little more humane in that way. So, again, it's just a personal choice. And if you're going to do veganism, one of the things I would actually recommend is to really do more. Well, for one, you're going to need your B12. And that's one of the main things that meat is great for is an excellent source of B12. So if you're not going to do meat, then you're going to have to get your B12 from... Well, if you're vegan, you wouldn't do eggs because you're vegan. Um, I think maybe vegetarians could possibly do that. Um, Like a boiled egg, that's a great source of uh, B12. So if you don't do that as a vegan, then you would have to get your B12 from stuff like nutritional yeast, like Bragg's nutritional yeast or your sea vegetables, whether that's like uh, kelp, uh, nori, Seaweed, dulse, spirulina, blue green algae, uh, golly, uh, quinoa, which you can only do like three times. Uh, they only want you to do it like maybe three times a week. Not, I forget exactly why, but that's a complete protein. Hemp, as I understand it, is not a complete protein, but it's pretty close. So that's another way you can get a good source of protein if you're vegan and also. Uh, You can get it in various forms that are, again, are not complete, like maybe sprouted pumpkin seeds or sprouted sunflower seeds, uh, things along those lines. So that's another access that you do have available to you uh, as a non meat eater. So, you know, and then when you try to uh, look at meat and like a lot of the uh, things that I have on fish, you know, with the high levels of mercury, you want to do fish that are. Uh, going, gonna be low on the mercury scale. Uh, things like sardines, uh, fish that swim in schools, smaller fish are less likely to be exposed to a lot of the environmental toxins that pollute the waterways or the oceans of the world. So, uh, that's something to be mindful of. Uh, you can do stuff like, golly, I wanna say anchovies or, or perch. Uh, salmon, if you do salmon, you should always do wild-caught, uh, what Uh, is it, wild-caught sockeye salmon is the best salmon to eat if you're going to do that. So the meat conversation and the debate around meat is definitely a heated one. And I understand why people on both sides of the issue have taken a posture that they have. The main thing I would offer is that, you know, do what you can to just have a clear conscience about whatever you choose to do. And the meat that you do eat and knowing that, um, you know, for some people, I know I've I've known people that were like type O blood types and type O's are actually more prone to being meat eaters. They crave meat. A lot of them do. And it's a real challenge for them to not eat meat. So and even like uh, the lady that has the GAPS diet, gut and psychology syndrome, Dr. Nica- Natasha Campbell McBride, she mentions how. There have never been any truly vegan or vegetarian cultures throughout the history of the world. Now, that's pretty bold, but the lady is tight when it comes to her research. And, you know, for people that have issues with auto autoimmune disease, the only way that I know of to heal that is by doing the things that she talked about in that book. And that's like your fish broth, your chicken broth or your beef broth and getting that collagen which helps to heal and seal the gut lining that gets compromised, that causes the issues where you have people with fibromyalgia and Crohn's disease and, you know, lupus. All of those are autoimmune diseases. And really one of the best ways to heal that, based on everything she talked about in the book, and it was on point, is to actually do more of the broth and to do more of the GAPS diet protocol for at least a couple of years to where your gut gets healthy again. And then if you want to go back to veganism and you can do it then. And even with that, I, st- I still think it's probably a good idea that if you were to go back to veganism after, you know, doing a couple of years on the gaps diet, you want to get to a space of uh, making sure even in, at that point to where you avoid things that are going to produce inflammatory responses in the body. So it still boils down to whether you're vegan or whether you're carnivore or even paleo is to get back to more of a traditional way of looking at how we preserve and and, uh, prepare our foods. So fermentation, uh, malted beverages, uh, soaking and sprouting nuts and seeds, um, you know, doing what we can to avoid flour products uh, because flour, most of the flour is not soaked and sprouted. So it's not digestible. And most of the time you're talking about a lot of things when you're talking about flour is bleached. So that means it's literally stripping water from the body, which is definitely something you don't want since our bodies are mostly water. So, you know, whatever choice you make when it comes to meat and uh, the path, you, you know, that you're going to stay on or maybe even alter, uh, do it with, you know, an empowering uh, mind frame around it. It does make a difference. And at the same time, I really believe that our intention is just as important, if not more so than anything. So whatever you do, do it with a clear conscience. So uh, all the best to help to you and um, be an educated consumer. It does make a difference. And that allows you to make those choices with power. Thanks so much and all the best to help to you.